Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Bill Roden on Sports here with my co-host, Jamal Murphy. Jamal. Good to be here, as always. Cold, cold. And our special guest is uh, just a really wonderful beat writer for the Charlotte Observer. Covers all things Carolina Panthers. Covers it like a blanket. Covers it like number 24. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Josh Norman. But I, I guessed is... Uh, Jonathan Jones. Jonathan Jones. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, and I uh, appreciate the words. If uh, if I'm like a shutdown corner, uh, then then that's pretty good. Absolutely. We just don't want to bring on, uh, what's, what's my man's name uh, in New York, the Giants? We don't want to turn yeah, it don't, don't bring on Odell. Yeah, we'll bring, <laughs> we'll bring, we'll well bring on Odell. You, you were here, man. What'd you think of that? What'd you think of that whole, that whole uh, uh, drama? Yeah, well, you know, I, I mean, I'm watching it unfold. I kind of couldn't believe it as <laughs> right. it was happening, but it was clear. And like, I don't, I don't mean to stick up for Josh. I don't think anyone. Uh, okay, you know, here we go. Rescue Josh. <laughs> but but it was pretty clear Odell was doing the most out there. He was he was just going like really extra. Right. And uh, and it, it, the drama didn't end after the game, of course. Then there was the spin afterward of, of certain things that were said that were never proven that people backed off of of right. being threatened by a bat right um you know it was just it was ridiculous the whole thing was was very silly yeah yeah what 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 has jonathan's you know one of my concerns oh, if in, you know was that so much of, of josh's game is just being so confident and playing so aggressively and i was just wondering would he you know would he back up a little bit or we you know, at least a week later, would he change at all? What, what, what's, 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 what was he like the week after? I think they played uh, Atlanta, right? No, who they yeah. played? Yeah, they lost yeah. to Atlanta. Yeah, they lost well, to yeah, Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, Bill, your concern was was spot on because they go to Atlanta and he struggles against Julio, a guy that he played really well against the previous three times they met. Uh, I think he gave us something like five catches for 60 yards on mm. six targets. And so uh, you could see that week after, or, you know, before the Atlanta game, but in between those games, his mojo just kind of got zapped. Uh, and, you know, he kind of got his groove back against Tampa Bay, but uh, he's, he's been um, a lot more understated mm. uh, than before the Panthers mm. went up to New York. Yeah, yeah, that's so because so so much of that, you know, being a defensive back or even a receiver, if the you know, so much is, is bravado, right? You know, confidence. bravado and confidence, and to know that that next game that you really can't, you know, you can't or you feel that you can't play your game, uh, and then you're playing Julio, Julio Jones of all people, yeah. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, I'm sure Julio Jones like I'm gonna roast this mother, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, hey um, man, I'm, you know, I'm really excited, man. But what what has it been like? You you've covered this team for the last four seasons. Um, what what has it been? And truly, man, you've really done an outstanding job uh, of covering this team. Uh, what what has it been like um, covering? You know, being on this ride for a the last four years, but particularly this season when it was just such a, a great season. 
Yeah, well, first of all, I appreciate that, and you know, it's uh, it's been it's been pretty amazing to to see this team. Look, you asked me uh, on August nineteenth. I'm down in Spartanburg uh, for training camp, right. and uh, Kelvin Benjamin tears his ACL. Right. You asked me uh, the the day before that. You asked me the day of, and especially if you asked me after that, if this this team's going 15 and one, number one seed in the NFC, and there's no way at all, right? Right. Um, yeah, I thought they had a pretty good team, but before his injury, and then after, you wonder, man, how are they going to score points? Right. Uh, of right. course, Cam's still Cam, and Greg Olson's still Greg Olson, but how are they going to do this? And, and now here we are, uh, mid-January, and, and what they're able to do. And you see this, the city of Charlotte come alive. I don't know if you know this, but I'm, I'm from right down the road, a small town called Shelby, so I've been oh, in this yeah. area my okay. entire life. Right. And, uh, and, you know, since remember the birth of the franchise. Right. So, okay. uh, I, I've been saying this week, and I can say it with, with the utmost confidence, this is the biggest sporting event hmm. that has ever taken place in Charlotte. When wow. you consider... Everything when you consider fifteen and one and number one seed, when you consider that this team could actually go to the Super Bowl with a quarterback who's about to win MVP on a team that has never had a player even receive a single vote for mm. MVP wow. in its franchise's okay. history. And of course they're playing the Seattle Seahawks, right? The team that's been to the past two Super Bowls that knocked them out of the playoffs last year. That is they're basically the Carolina Panthers, except uh, in Seattle when you really break down these two franchises. So uh, without a doubt, the biggest game uh, in Charlotte sports history, and for that, it's pretty special. So, what, what's what's the feeling around the team now, in terms of you know the vibe you get? Is it excitement? Is there do you sense any nervousness around the team? How do you how do you gauge it? Yeah, you know what's interesting. This is this has been a very loose atmosphere. In fact, uh, I go back to the 2014 season. They had lost uh, games for two straight months. They went without a win. And that included a tie in, in Cincinnati. And I remember thinking in, in early December, I go into the locker room and they're acting like they were 10-2, and two, like they were for sure going <laughs> to the playoffs. And, right. and everybody was loose. And I'm thinking to myself, these guys do not want it. And then they rattle off four straight wins, sneak into the playoffs, that 7-8-1, win right. a playoff game. And then they're in the game in Seattle uh, before pick six. So um, they have continued to be loose. Uh, I was in the locker room today talking to guys, and they're playing music at Mike Tolbert's locker. He's the unofficial DJ. Um, <laughs> they're they're over there dancing around. They're they're milly rocking. Everyone in there is having fun. And I have learned from last season that this isn't that they don't take themselves seriously. It's that they don't take themselves too seriously. Right. And that's what's gotten them to fifteen and one in their third straight division championship. Were they dancing last year? They were dancing last year, man. I, I'll tell you what. They were about, they were about to dance. What's the name? It was they, early December. I go into that locker room, and, and I, I think they were 4-7-1 and one at that mm. time. 3-7-1 at that time. And I couldn't – I went back and listened to my, my tape recording, and I couldn't even hear my interview because everyone was so loud. The music was blaring. Mm. And I, I thought, this team absolutely doesn't want it, but they've been doing it for two years now. Right. Mm. Uh, t- tell me this. I mean, I-, I think it's so exciting, man. I can hear the excitement in your voice. I mean, the fact that you grew up uh, right down the street from, I mean, how, what, what's it been like for you, man? It's very rare. I mean, you know, you're talking to like a jaded, a, a jaded, uh, I-, I haven't been a fan since I was 17, you know. So it's, it's, it's great to hear the excitement in your voice. What's it been like for you, not only as a reporter, but somebody who, who grew up there? I guess when you were born, there, there was a team there, right? 
Right. Yeah. And so, and I know, you know, you understand, you know, my kind of stance where I'm very happy for the city. I'm happy for, for my friends and my family, you know, for people who have season tickets who are able mm. to experience this ride at 1501. Like the, my, my Christmas gift to my mom, they were two playoff tickets. I got oh, them in wow. my backpack. I'm, I'm ready job. to hand those to her tomorrow, right? Nice job. So <laughs> I'm happy to, to give her that. I'm, mm. I'm happy that, that she's able to be around for that. Um, and so, yes, yeah, it's, it's great for the city. And, you know, that it's Seattle. I'm such a, a sports geek, and, and, I, and I'm not a fan of the Panthers. You know, I, I like putting guys in the locker room. But, you know, ultimately, to me, it doesn't matter if they win or lose, but I'm so excited that they got Seattle, that it wasn't Washington that came to town, that it wasn't right. Green Bay, right. that it's the team that they keep playing every year, right. that they can't quite figure out, but then earlier this season they did, and now they get to do it again in the playoffs. It, it really, this is... This might be the game, the game of the year in the NFL. Wow. So, so looking at looking at the game uh, this weekend, what do you think is the key for the Panthers uh, as far as success is concerned? Well, look, you're also talking to a guy who who went to the University of North Carolina, so I've seen Russell Wilson <laughs> right. for the better part of the past eight years, mm-hmm. and I know what he can do. Um, and I, you talk about the escapability or that Vikings game where, you know, the ball goes past him, he eludes, and then he finds the open man. I've been seeing that for eight years now. And so the Panthers, it's not the fact that he, that he breaks contain all the time. In fact, you can contain him, you know, for, for 35 passing plays, but it's that 36th passing play that he just burns you. And, and it, it has to drive you nuts. Uh, but they have to contain Russell. They have to get a good push-up front uh, from their Pro Bowl defensive tackle, Kawan Short, and then their defensive ends who have not been able to get to the quarterback recently, Jared Allen and, and Charles Johnson. They have to contain Russell. It's okay if they don't get the sack. They need to make sure that he stays in the pocket. You know, it's one of those things that's funny. You always hear guys talk about get the quarterback off his spot, make him uncomfortable. We say that a lot with pocket passers. No, you want Russell Wilson to stay in his spot. With with those receivers, you want him to stay in his spot rather than for him to scramble and to create and to extend plays. So uh, that's the key. You know, Cam has to have a a, a near-perfect game. You go back to to the Week 6 game where he went 12-15 of in the fourth quarter, 169 yards and a touchdown. He he can make a couple mistakes, uh, and I think you have to understand that he will against this Seattle defense. But you just you gotta limit the big plays from Russell Wilson. Who's the best? Who's the best passer uh, between the two? And, and you've seen them all. You've seen them on tape. Who, who do you think is the 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 best, the most accurate passer between uh, Wilson and and Cam Newton? Yeah, it's it's interesting. It depends on on what you consider best passer. I mean, certainly accuracy. You go with Russell. If you go with uh, the ability to make uh, tight window throws, you go with Cam because of his velocity. If you go with uh, ability to, to throw a dime while on the run scrambling to his right, it's Russell. Um, but if you go off who's better, uh, the play-action passer, I think it's Cam. So any number of those things, I think these guys match up so well because of that. And, and obviously we're talking about the matchup between Wilson and Cam. Is that something, you know, from, from being around the Panthers, being around Cam, do you, do you feel like Cam is cognizant of that matchup and this means a little something more to him than, than even a, a regular playoff game would? I think, I think Cam is, is very aware. You know, he's, he's 26 years old. Uh, he, he's five years in the league, but he understands this is part of his legacy. 
Uh, you know, this is only going to be his fourth playoff game, and he hopes there's going to be many more. I think he understands that he's not hit his NFL prime yet. You know, that usually happens the you know, 28 to 32 range for an NFL quarterback. But he understands that this early part of his legacy is going to be very important. And so uh, these guys are treating this like any other game, just like they should. Uh, but they all know, and Cam's included in that, that this is not any other game, that not only is this winner go home, but it is against Seattle and everything that comes along with that. You know, I, I like that matchup, too, when we were talking about um, the quarterbacks, but the cornerbacks. You know, you got, I mean, not, right, not right. that Josh Norman and Richard Sherman play against each other, but I think that's, he, he, arguably, you have uh, the, the clearly Norman is now the preeminent corner, but the, 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 if, if he is, the person's place he took was Richard Sherman. So I think that's yet another uh, great matchup. Who do you think has the edge there in terms of uh, the pass defense? In terms of pass defense, I think it's going to be Seattle just because of how good they are across the board. I mean, you got Richard Sherman who, if he makes a play, it's so demoralized, right? Even if he bats the ball away, it feels like a sack. It feels like a tackle for a loss because you know he's going to let you know about it. And there's Sherman, the guy who always talks, who just made a play on you, who's going to let you know about it. Um, And then you look at the safeties, Cam Chancellor and Earl Thomas. I mean, does it get any better than that duo of guys? You know, the Panthers, they have Josh Norman. Uh, but you look at the other corner positions, Charles Tillman's out with an ACL. So they have Robert McClain, uh, who was just working out for teams not that long ago without a home. Uh, you got Cortland Finnegan at the nickel position, who was semi-retired for nine months until the Panthers brought him out uh, of retirement because of an injury to their nickel. And then you look at the safeties, Kurt Coleman with seven interceptions this season. He's battling a foot injury that kept him out of the last game of the season. Wilman Harper has looked slow for the better part of his two seasons uh, in Charlotte and gave up a big pass play to Jimmy Graham uh, during that last matchup. So you look at pass defense, I know the the rush, the pass rush, uh, plays a big role in it. But just looking at the back end, you got to get the edge to Seattle. Yeah, but who, who's got the better core of receivers? I mean, in other words, although Seattle may have the best, you know, pass defense, who, who's got the better passing attack? Would you say? Well, I think you know, you got to look at Carolina. I love what Doug Baldwin does, especially out of spot where he plays seventy five percent of the time. Right, right. Uh, and and Seattle has made a living off of undrafted guys or mm-hmm. late round guys. Uh, and look, the Panthers receiving core is nothing to really brag about, right? Ted right. Jr., a guy who was basically a draft bust until he revived his career uh, in Charlotte. Or Cam uh, revived Brown, a uh, <laughs> yeah. guy who had to change his name back from Corey Brown because he was so bad. Um, so, but the one, the, the one that tips uh, in the scale uh, for Carolina is Greg Olson. Right. And, you know, I maybe wouldn't say that if Jimmy Graham was still with Seattle, uh, but being the pass catcher that Greg Olson is, I think he's the guy that tips it in favor of just if we're talking about pass catching groups, uh, it's got to be Carolina. It's, it's interesting. Even we were talking about um, uh, uh, the, the tight end, uh, um, Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham. They took off when he got hurt. Right. You, you know, what I mean, it's, it's sort of an irony. But all of a sudden, Doug Baldwin, all of a sudden, is having this, you know, almost all pro year once Graham went down. Right. You know. So I mean, I, I, I find that sort of. Uh, interest. It's almost like, you know, I guess they were trying to work him in, trying to work him in. It wasn't working. And now, I think maybe beginning, I was in Baltimore when they came into Baltimore. And granted, Baltimore is Baltimore. But they were just, they came in the game, they were just explosive. So I, I guess when you're game planning uh, them, again, and you sort of said it, they, they do have a very s- sneaky good passing attack. 
They really do. And, and you know, one other funny thing about the, the Graham and the and Seattle is Marshawn Lynch. They have a better record okay. without Marshawn Lynch on the field than they do. Right. Uh, you know, Kristen Michael has played very well. Uh, they had Thomas Rawls in there who, yeah. was, who was running like an all-pro before he got injured. The Panthers this week, they're preparing uh, for Marshawn Lynch. But they very well could get Kristen Michael because I don't think Pete Carroll, I know Ron Rivera, and the Panthers don't know. I'm not entirely sure Marshawn Lynch knows if he's going to play on Sunday. So um, that's one thing, at least to watch, because if Beast Mode gets going, uh, you know, after such a long time off, you get that momentum. This is a game. You get a little bit of momentum. If Sherman bats the ball away or gets a pick, if Beast Mode breaks three tackles, that's going to that's gonna really shift things in favor of Seattle. Yeah, and, sp- and speaking of momentum, I've heard a lot of people say that they feel like one of the keys for Carolina is to jump on Seattle early, considering Seattle had the game last week and a tough game at that. Is that something that you agree on? Absolutely. I mean, you go back and they had to fight. Uh, the Panthers did to come back and win that game in the fourth quarter in week six. But here's the issue is that Pete Carroll with the Seahawks, when he trails by nine points uh, or fewer in a game, he's five and two in the playoffs. Hmm. So even if you get them down by two scores, they still might win. They still probably will win <laughs> since they've won five out of seven. Uh, this team, the Seattle Seahawks, have only allowed one touchdown. Uh, one offensive touchdown in the past six road games. So the Panthers can say, hey, we got 11 straight home wins. Well, Seattle says it doesn't matter. The past six times we've gone on the road, uh, we've only given up one touchdown. That, uh, you know, sure, they're playing at 10 a.m. their time uh, on Sunday. They had to go up to Minnesota in negative-degree weather play at 10 a.m. and they held Minnesota to three field goals right. rather than it could have easily been 21 to zero right it right. was just nine to zero they kept in the game uh and so I completely agree with you you got to jump out to an early lead more than just nine points our guest is Jonathan Jones the tremendous beat reporter for the Charlotte Observer talking about all things Panthers Jonathan what has it been like I've, I've you know I, I was uh you know we're not saying cover cam when he was at Auburn but I've found him to be a really fascinating person. What's it been like being around him? I know it's one thing for us to parachute in and 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 you know and get the shtick, but what's it been like for you as a beat uh, as a beat guy being around Newton? Who is that, Cam? Yeah, Cam. Yeah, you know it's interesting. He's he's an interesting guy, right? I mean, he's a guy that. Um, <laughs> he only talks on Wednesdays. You know, that's no, Cam Day. And, and if you, at least from a media perspective, if you don't get your question in those 15 or 20 minutes that he's standing at the podium, uh, you're kind of out of luck until after the game. Wow. Um, but, you know, what's really been interesting for me, and especially this year with everything that's going on around him, has been almost, I don't want to say fighting the perception uh, that, that Cam gets, but at least responding to it, be it uh, the dances and right. be it kind of the, um, sometimes it's overt and sometimes it's a lot more subtle racism that he that he deals with mm-hmm. here in the South and the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he goes and dances in Tennessee and Nashville. I thought that folks in Nashville like dancing. Uh, <laughs> and then Tennessee mom writes the writes the story about him. You know, right. he has the uh, he has a, a child with his longtime girlfriend, and then people write about how um, hey, maybe he shouldn't have children out of wedlock. He's setting a bad example for kids. You know, <laughs> almost ignoring 
what he does with his foundation here in Charlotte uh, and in Atlanta, uh, basically across the southeast. I've asked people around Cam before, and I've wondered how many people, how many kids has he, if you could put a number on it, how many kids has he touched? Mm-hmm. And if you look at what he does with Charlotte Mecklenburg schools, if you look at what he does uh, feeding 900 kids each year for a, a Thanksgiving thing that he does, it, it's really impressive how many thousands of people he's reached in Charlotte uh, when there's nothing in his $103.8 million contract that says that he has to. Right. Do, do you get the sense that he likes dealing with the media? I mean, have you had any any sort of brother time with him? You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, uh, or, or does he see everybody the same way, not black, not white, media? <laughs> Um, he, uh, it's interesting. You know, I, I say this, people ask me a lot, you know, how well do you know Cam? Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I know Cam well, you know, uh, I don't want to get burnt like that because you hear, uh, a a lot of these sports writers who say, yeah, you know, Peyton Manning wouldn't use HGH. Okay. Well, how do you know? You sat down with Peyton one time, you know, that he's right. not going to do that. Right. Um, you know, Ryan Braun, when everybody was like, oh, no, he, he wouldn't cheat. And then, of course, he cheated, and he burned right. a lot of people. Right. So right. I don't know Cam that well, but I will say I think I know Cam better uh, than most, if not all, media that, that cover him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is there a lot of one-on-one time? No, not necessarily, and especially not during the season. But outside of the season, uh, you know, we talk. Uh, we we spend uh, a, a little time together interviewing on and off the record. And, um, I, I like dealing with him. Uh, mm-hmm. I do. But he is a he's a guy. He's not Aaron Rodgers, who's going to have his own radio show uh, on Mondays and break down the game. Like I said, you get him on Wednesdays here at the podium. You get him Sunday after the game, and that's about that for Cam. Right, and it's a, it's interesting with Cam now. You know, this year. Um, it's almost guaranteed to get the MVP, which is some sort of validation, I would think. But it's interesting. A lot of the narrative is, well, you know, he, you know, he's grown so much over these three years, which has allowed him to play to this level. But I always looked at it like he he took him to the playoffs the last three years. He had already been grown, right? As far as I could right. tell. I mean, what's what's your feeling on that? You know, people jumping in now saying, oh, it's because he's grown, as if he was so Im- immature the last few years. And look, you know, you're given the keys to a a billion-dollar franchise when you're 21 years old, uh, and you're making millions of dollars, and I don't know how well any of us would would handle that. Of course he had some immature moments in 2011 and 2012. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt at all about that. And so uh, the tough part for Cam, I think, was one, and I know some has been written about that this week, was that being a black quarterback – um, in especially where he was, mm-hmm. uh, it was going to be tough for him to fight the perception of the Jamarcus Russell or the right, Vince right, Young, right. despite the fact that there are any number of other failed quarterbacks, <laughs> black or white, that he could be compared to. Right. Uh, but that's just the way it goes for black quarterbacks, right? And mm-hmm. so he had to kind of prove himself, not just uh, for himself, but against some of those other examples that probably shouldn't have been uh, matched up against him. And... <sighs> Yeah, I mean, he, he he's developed very well in an NFL system, but we also have to understand where he came from in college, where he was at Florida with, uh, in a different scheme. Then he went to Blend Junior College in a different scheme in junior college. Then he goes to Auburn in another scheme, one that basically relied completely on his athleticism and very little about breaking down a cover three defense. 
And so then he gets to Carolina, and he's on his fourth different offensive coordinator and scheme in four years. And it's going to take a little bit. Now I've talked about the past and the Jamarcuses. Well, then look at who comes after him. You get Andrew Luck, who four, four years at Stanford. You get right. the Russell Wilson. You get these guys who were super polished because they were in a consistent uh, college game. And they come out and people think, all right, well, you're supposed to be ready like these guys. No, it, so it's going to take Cam just a little bit. But now that he's got it clicking, we look and see where is his ceiling. And if he's league MVP in year five doing what he's doing, just imagine when he gets Kelvin Benjamin back. Just imagine when they really solidify this offensive line, what he can do. Right, or when he's in his prime, like you said, at between 28 and 32. Is, that's right. scary. Right. Yeah, he's, just learning, he's just learning the position. And it's also interesting, you know, when you mentioned the whole black quarterback thing, it was just, you know, here we are in 2016, and it's still a thing. You know, it's, right. it's still a thing. That's why, you know, Jamal and I joked about it. It's so great that we've got this dilemma. Last week, I couldn't figure out, did I want Minnesota to win, or did I want, <laughs> you know, did I want, you know, you know, but that's what I used to do. You know, I mean, I grew up in a certain era when, we just cheer for the team with the most black players. <laughs> right. Right. You know, and so, but now I'm like, yeah. I said, you know what? Yeah, uh, Russell, uh, you know, Russell Wilson and, and um, the brother in Minnesota, Bridgewater. Uh, uh, um, Teddy Bridgewater. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, I was at the bowl game and I'm watching this, this guy from, um, from Clemson who is yeah. phenomenal. And, you know, I've, I've sort of been predicting every, almost every generation. First, when it was Michael Vick and before that, you know, that, at some point, there's going to be this tipping point where the quarterback position is going to look like defense, like the defensive secondary. And I, I see these people trying to like hold the damn back, you know. Come on, that's the right. one position we've got. Besides, well, you got punters. Well, that, <laughs> you got the kickers, you know. But you, you know, you, you, I, 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 I just found it. Fa- I find it fascinating that in what I perceive to be one of the most, one of the most. Um, intriguing positions of all of team sport the quarterback we've got I, I think we're at this crossroads where I think with Cam leading the charge I think with, with Russell Wilson um, I, I think that this really could be one of these tipping points where finally the, the bridge blows up because you know, and, it's, and, and it's, I think you're right, Bill. I, I think we are seeing that tipping point, but we're also seeing still people trying to hold the dam back, right? Right. And so, right. Hey, you know, Cam's dancing. Well, almost every player right. on the field dances except the quarterback. And so exactly. people are like, whoa, I don't know if the quarterback should dance. Right. And, and if the quarterback dances, he sure as hell better not dab. Or, you know, or <laughs> now, if he wants to make a, you know, do the championship belt, the discount double check. Right, that's Aaron fine. Rogers, that's okay. That's okay, right. right. He gets, he gets, he gets all, he gets State Farm. Right, he gets commercials commercial. out of it. Yeah. And I, and, you know, and I like Aaron Rodgers. It's just, right. it's just a double standard. Right, and it's not Aaron. I mean, it's not. Right, it's not him. It's, it's not, it's, you know, it's not Aaron Rodgers. I like Aaron Rodgers, but it's, right. you, you know, you listen, you've been at the press box, Jonathan, which is a whole nother segment. And, you, you know, it's like there are probably times when you're like maybe be one of two black guys in, 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 at any given weekend in the right. press box. And and again, not necessarily knocking our colleagues, but, you know, these people, people filter all this stuff through this Eurocentric prism right? about what constitutes fun and celebration. And and then, you know, when you got a guy like even Russell, Russell is a quint, quintessential winner. Right. If if he were a white guy, I mean that's everything we want in a quarterback. The guy is is a leader. He he's like you were saying before when you're this guy has a knack of winning, right. a knack of coming back. You know. It's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
So uh, <laughs> let's see what else. Uh, now we've exhausted that. So what's your what, what's, what's your what's, what's your um, well, I know you can't make a pick, but what's your feeling? We have to put it in in uh, in sort of clinical terms. What's your feeling about this game? No, you know what? Uh, listen, I work for a newspaper, and we're all about analysis, and we're certainly about clicks. So I can make a pick. Oh, uh, oh I, yeah, I forgot. I'm not Kirk like, oh. about to call the game. Uh, so, look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I think, again, uh, I feel like Don King, like, selling this game, right? I'm trying to right. get you guys to come down to Charlotte <laughs> yeah, you, you, to, to see this game in person. You don't have to sell it. I know. I love to. You know what? I've got, I'm going to be in New England, you know, for, for – uh, you know, for New England, Kansas City. That's a shame. You got to change the flight right now. You got to come to Charlotte. You yeah, got to see this game in person. I think it's going to be the best game of the NFL this year. I think it's going to come down just just like it came down to the Minnesota game to, to three or four plays. This is going to come down to a couple plays. It's going to come down uh, to to an interception. It's going to come down to a you know a, a rush uh, where the ball was fumbled. Uh, you know, it'll come down to special teams if they let Tyler Lockett uh, run one back on them. So, uh, but ultimately, I think this is going to be one of those just classic, classic football games that isn't going to be in the 30s. I think we're going to get like a 21-17. But I think the Panthers are going to do it. I think they're going to get over that hump. I think that next week when they face Arizona here in Charlotte, I think that's a pretty bad matchup for the Panthers. But well, so, I think they so finally wait, get so over that hump you're this just, week. You're I think just, they beat you, Seattle. So wait a minute. You're just giving Arizona that game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I told what they did to Green Bay a couple weeks ago. Yeah, right, right. Uh, I can't argue with that. Yeah, well, we'll see, man. Don't discount Aaron Rodgers. Let me, let me ask you this: Just, I'm, This is I'm curious about. Let's say you know worst case scenario for the for for people in Charlotte. Let's say the Panthers lose. What what do you think the narrative becomes for the season? You know, I wrote before the season, uh, and this is before Kelvin uh, Benjamin went down, I said, uh, I wrote about the general manager, Dave Gettleman, who spent all those years with the Giants, and he comes here and he's building something. And before Gettleman got here, understand this team had never had back-to-back winning seasons in 20 years. Um, They had never gone to the playoffs in consecutive seasons. So now they get three straight uh, division crowns, and – that's great and all, but when do you become the Cincinnati Bengals of the NFC, right? right? I mean, you, you get that bye, but then you lose to San Francisco uh, in the divisional round in, in 13. and 14, yeah, you beat Arizona with a third-string quarterback, Ryan Lindley, who played historically bad. Then you go up to Seattle and you lose. Okay, well, now you're here again, and you got the home field advantage throughout. If you win or lose, I think that becomes a narrative. Three straight years of, well, now you're here, you got the MVP. MVP quarterback, but you're not getting over that hump. Uh, and so I think that's what the narrative becomes, uh, unfortunately, for this team, despite all of their success, uh, is that people start wondering, all right, is this as far as you can take it? Right. Well, our, our guest has been the great Jonathan Jones, the uh, beat writer for the Charlotte Observer, does a really wonderful job. Uh, what, what's your handle, uh, your Twitter ha- handle, if people want to follow you? Yeah, it's uh, it's at jjones9 on Twitter, and then uh, obviously you can find the work at uh, charlotteobserver.com. And Bill, before you let me go, I want to say I, I read your book in college, uh, $40 million slate. Absolutely loved it. Uh, still have it. Read it about once a year. Uh, huge fan of yours. You, you showered me with praise earlier and, and want you to know that I've been reading you very closely for a number of years. So I appreciate uh, what you've done in the profession and for a lot of guys who uh, who look like me to, to help pave that road 
over the years. Hey, thank you very. Wait a minute, you're a brother? No, I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, brother, thank you so much, man. It that 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 uh, it means a lot. It means a lot. It means to be able. It means a lot to be able to have a show like this and to have you on. And right. you, you know, I mean, it really, really means a lot, man. So um, no, I, I appreciate the offer when I when I when I got the email to come on. It didn't matter what was happening. I was coming on this show. So cool. I appreciate the offer. So and let's pull for Charlotte because I'm going to cover the NFC Championship game. So let's let's hope uh, you know those cameras there and um, well, you know, yeah, let's hope that's you know that thing. I think that would really be tremendous. You know, I, th- I think that'd be tremendous because you know it's, it's funny. I mean, we got to go, but it's funny. He would only be what if if they win. He would only be the second, the second black quarterback. To win a Super Bowl is that that cause you had Doug Williams? Oh, if he won, if he well, won, no, uh, well, no, 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 Russell Third. Wilson, Russell Wilson, right? Russell yeah, you Wilson. got three, yeah, mm-hmm. three. But I mean, it's not like I mean, like, no, right? It's, it's, it's yeah. like it, these historic moments. So anyway, hey, Jonathan, listen, thanks so much, man. Keep knocking them out, and uh, hopefully, I'll see you down Charlotte, and you can show me where the great uh, soul food place is, and we could <laughs> we could <laughs> celebrate. Hey, absolutely, I appreciate it, guys. All right, All right thanks, thanks a lot. so much. A new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. We're back. (laughs) We're back. Uh, I'm Bill Roden. This is Bill Roden on Sports here with Jamal Murphy. Still here. Still, Still here. Um... Man, great segment, man. Jonathan, just really, really good, man. Right. It's really good. I'm psyched, man. I'm like, now <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, darn, I'm, I'm ready. Why am I going to be in New England? I'm, yeah, I don't you know. know. I don't know. I don't know why you, you chose that one. I would uh Well, I didn't trust. All right, all right. Well, you know, you know, New England. That's, I mean, you know, Tom Brady deflate. Yeah. I guess we want to see if yeah. they actually could lose that game, by the way. They could. They 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 could really lose that they game. They could. Unless they're playing with like magic balls or something. They that, probably like, are. They are probably like yeah. we'll find out twenty years from now yeah. that they're pro- you know, you always, the cover up always gets better. Yeah, yeah. They've they've perfected Yo, who's <laughs> they were sloppy. We're sloppy against you know, let's not let yeah. that happen again. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so but um a couple of things. Uh big news big franchise news today. Uh, great news for all reporters. Is that uh-huh. finally there's another there's an NFL team in LA. There is such rejoicing right. in the press box. Oh, all right. <laughs> we go to LA. Right. You know, um you have any thoughts about that? I mean, you, I know, mean, you know, I'm not I'm not a I'm not a big fan of St. Louis uh recently. <laughs> so, you know, I I really don't I have yes, no right. I don't have any hard feelings towards uh <laughs> towards the people in St. for the people in St. Louis uh you know, I, I the Rams in LA they, they were they were uh, the Rams were in LA, and you know, in my my early years as right. a football fan, so right. I, I remember that. So, I, and I think it's a. I do think you know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm you know, I don't I don't care about that much about LA per se, mm. but I do feel like it is probably good for the league to have a team in LA. Yeah, no, I mean that, that every time I go out there, and it's just about how could you not have a, a a football team in LA? I mean, and it's it's been this weird dynamic that if you go there on a Sunday, you've got all these different people from. You know, I mean, it's almost like a convergence of like like an all star fan group, but you don't have like one group of fans. So yeah, I think it'll be um, exciting. I hadn't even thought about that when you talk about St. Louis. Yeah, no, <laughs> they lost. They forfeited. They forfeited yeah, no, their no. right. Yeah, I don't care. That's right. Boo, <laughs> boo. You know, you that's know, right. You all, lost it. It's karma. That's yeah. right. That's what happens. Who's next? Like Staten Island, right? 
Maybe what, are, what are they going to lose? You know? Nothing. Maybe they take the Verrazano Bridge or something. Uh, they, they, might, they might lose uh, some AAA team or AA team. Well, Cleveland. They yeah. wish they would lose the Browns. Yeah, yeah. Although now they just got a brother, Hugh Jackson. Right? Yeah. They give Hugh Jackson. Good luck to, to him. <laughs> they give, let's see. All right, that's like that's like they're gonna have the first astronaut going to black astronaut going to space. Well, let's send him to the sun. Send him to Mars. <laughs> I saw that movie, by the way, uh, Mar, um, The Martian. Oh, how was it? I was on a plane, right? Like on a five-hour plane. So right. I was like, okay. It was nominated for an Oscar, right? I'm like, I believe. Why? I mean. Uh, I didn't see it? it. I can't comment. I didn't see it. Yeah. Did anyway. you see it? I, no, I haven't seen it. Uh-huh. Have you? Okay. I haven't seen it. Uh, but I'm like looking at it. I mean, I, I like uh, Matt Damon. Right. But I mean, I like Matt Damon in in the whole. You know what? Um, what's the action th- things he was in? Um, oh, Jason Bourne. Jason uh, Bourne. Yeah, was, I yeah. thought those things were like phenomenal. I I watched those three or four times. That and Gladiator. I like <laughs> watched Gladiator over and over and over again. Right. Um, also, I, I guess to. Not to close on somber note, the death of Lawrence Phillips. Uh, Lawrence Phillips was found dead in his jail cell. They're right. calling it a suicide, and right. uh, just ends just the tragic life. Man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he was a remarkable running back. You know, like a you know a freak of nature in college, and obviously he had a whole bunch of issues and spent spent time. You know, he he was. I think he was. He had a thirty-one year sentence in jail, and 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 I didn't even realize. You know, I hadn't kept up with. With his, with the news on him, but I, you know, he was also on trial for killing his former yeah, his, uh, cellmate, his cellmate at the time. So, <laughs> I mean, obviously, some some stuff was going dark, on there, and pretty dark stuff. And, and again, you know, I, 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 not to belabor the point, but when it when he, in Nebraska, you're somebody. I mean, he failed himself, right? But I just think along the way, people just failed this guy because, and we've seen him all the time because he was good, and we've just seen it. Uh, I'm working on a, a column now, uh, just about a young kid who died. Who actually went to Alabama, and you're just in these situations where where your your athletic ability just masks a lot of problems. Particularly, you find it with young black folks. You find it with athletes in general who are really good, and 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 their ability to be good at a young age masks a lot of issues. Right. And I think I'm sure with 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 Lawrence Phillips, you know, uh, when he was going to Nebraska. I'm sure there were all kinds of warning signals that this guy was just a, a time bomb. Right. But because he was so good, he was probably bigger than everybody at a young age, better, and just kind of getting passed along, passed along. And then, you know, here, here we are. Right. No, I mean, there's not, there's not much more sad news than that. Yeah, well, yeah. Hope not, knock on wood. Right. Um, so let's get to our picks. <laughs> let's right. kind let's kind of pick it up. Anyway, so um, who do you like? We've got. Uh, uh, how could you after that interview with Jonathan Jones? How could you? Yeah, you got You can't pick against his hometown team, can you? right? You got You got to start with uh, Seattle at Carolina on Sunday, one o'clock. Perfect, perfect time for that game. Um, it's I, I like Carolina. I just think you know I'm gonna roll with you know they've, they've been the best team all year and they've been the best team in the league all year. Um, Cam has been the best player in the league all year. I think I think they step up and get it done. And when I say they, I mean Cam. Right. <laughs> really, I know. And the defense, I know. And Cam, the defense. and the defense steps up, and hopefully, uh, Ginn catches more than he drops. Well, that's 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 a challenge. <laughs> that's a challenge. Um, so I guess just to be contrary, I mean, I'll take you know, again. I'm in the same oh, yeah, position you're, you're, last week. We're in a good spot. We're in a good spot. Either right. way, we're going to have a brother in the uh, NFC Championship. Right. Um, so, I, but I'll take Seattle. You take Seattle. Now, minor upset. 
Mine are upset. Mine are very mine. Are upset. They're mine two. Are upset. Uh, Carolina's two point favorites. Yeah, yeah. So you know what the heck. Uh, then we've got um, Johnson. Just he just put Arizona in the championship game, right? right. Over um, Green, Bay. Green Bay. I mean, Green Bay. I'll I, I vote for them just because I was so happy they destroyed Washington. Because I didn't want to hear one ounce of the of the racist nickname. Right. I don't. I don't want to hear that at all. In fact, I, I saw just, you tweet that. Oh, you did. Yeah, I saw you tweet. Did that. you retweet it? Uh, I think I I liked it at the very least. (laughs) No, I I, I hope that they never, ever, in the next 200 years, until they change that name, I want this to be as far as they can. In fact, I want them next year to keep going back. And then then I never thought I'd feel sorry for (laughs) RG3. You you didn't like him? Well, you know what? what, what it, uh, I mean, that's Bob, strong to say, but you know, I mean, he, just, like, I mean, he bothered I know, you a little bit. Just, right. This is the whole thing. Right. I just think he was just in such denial right, about right, right. it. And I mean, Not even, anymore. Well, I wonder. Well, I mean, we'll they took see. him out in the hot sun and flogged him all day. Yeah. So I, I'm wondering if you think, uh, uh, well, they, they're not flogging you because of your hair. You know, yeah, even though the hair was pretty bad, the hair was maybe they are flogging. <laughs> maybe they are flogging because of his hair. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, uh, anyway it'd be interesting to see where he, what happens with him, where he ends up. He had, you know, he uh, his teammates. From what I, you know, from when I was what I was reading, his teammates for the most part supported it. his ex teammates support him. They think he will resurface and and do well. So with the Jets, I, maybe. I mean, maybe. I mean, yeah. I might, I might take him over Geno, right? Oh, yeah, well, that's, but, not, but that's, I not, think, that's not even. Come on, that's I, not even a comparison. But I think Fitzpatrick has earned. Yeah, no, to be no, a I mean, starter next year. Oh right. no, no, we're not debating that. But when, but when the inevitable time comes midway of the season, right? Because remember, we had this discussion by at, at at home sweet Harlem that that the defensive back when he picked Fitzpatrick off said, "We know right. Fitz is going to be Fitz." Right. And now I think you got no. He absolutely goes into the season as the starter. Right, but, but you're not thinking. We talked about this also. Like Pat, come on, admit it. You're not thinking Super Bowl when when he's your quarterback. No, you're right. I would. You're right. Yeah, you need somebody that not is RG. But I don't want to. I don't want to. You know. I hear you. Not give Fitzpatrick. No, and I, his no, due because I did, agree. I agree. No, did, no, he, he I got exceeded my expectations. Right, and and RG three isn't there yet either. But at least RG three has shown when right, he was right. on top of his game he that he could be that type but of player. Maybe he'll go to Cleveland or Houston. Oh, brother, they well, need quarterbacks. No, you're right. And then the Jets will get Banzel. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what about that? No, I, um, I'll, I'll take RG three over Manziel. <laughs> sure. And then uh, we've got New England and uh, Kansas City. And Kansas City, um, my game, rah! You know, uh, I guess I, I mean I've got to take Kansas City just because I can't take New England. I'm gonna tell you know I'm a, you know I have to be realistic. I think I mean Kansas City has been a nice little story. Not they haven't had a tough uh, you know a tough Don't schedule. Don't the Royals. This is this is Kansas City's year. Yeah, Kansas City Royals yeah, no. destroyed I, your Mets. <laughs> Thanks for the reminder. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna go. You know, just I gotta say, New England's gonna win that game. I, you know, anything could happen. I just, some people are picking Kansas. A lot of people are picking Kansas City. I just I just can't see it. I yeah. don't think Kansas City has enough um, there. As far going back to to uh, Green Bay, Arizona, mm. I'm gonna I'm taking Arizona. Well, I'm taking Green Bay. Taking Green Bay. Yeah, yeah. All I don't right. Know what they, and then uh, there's a. Am I forgetting an AFA? Yeah, uh, Pittsburgh, Denver. Oh man, Pittsburgh, Denver. Now that's going to be very interesting. We don't know if Big Ben is playing. Mm, well, yeah, I'll take Pittsburgh if Big Ben is playing. Uh, even with uh, even with one arm. 
doesn't care. Well, then you, I'll take Peyton Manning with with T, uh, That's H, true, H, uh, HGH. All right. You know, is he taking his HGH? I hope so. Huh? <laughs> we don't care. What are you saying? No, no, you know, it was it was just it was just his neck. Yeah, it was it was a healing situation. It's different. Listen, it works. That's why people yeah. do it. It works. Yeah. Hey, listen, guys, this was great. Jamal, Pat, this was this was tremendous. Enjoy, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the weekend of games, and look forward to uh, knocking around next Monday on another edition of Bill Roten on Sports. Uh, have a wonderful weekend, and uh, we'll see everybody soon. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.